Jason. Good point. Yes, sir. Pray us in. Oh. I'll just share this with you prior to the prayer. Yes. This evening was the first time that I thought I would like to lead us in a grand prayer tonight. I hope I get there in time. <laughs> Is that interesting? Did you actually think that? I actually, for the first time ever during this Bible study, I thought that. My goodness. God's at, God's at work, so pray us in. Dear Lord, <laughs> Jesus Christ, our life, be life, our light. I demand through prayer, through your promise, that you be here in this room with us. That you would open each and every one of our hearts to hear the truth in your word. And that it would change us. That we would live according to your word and submit ourselves beneath you. And that it would use us in this life in every way that you would have for us, Lord. And we are so grateful that you bring us together in this way. Amen. 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 Thank you. Let's go around and do names since we've got some new people here. Um, we won't have the new people have to do any, no initiation or anything. <laughs> um, but just so everyone knows everyone's name, there will be no test. Bruce. <laughs> Jason. Eric. Bill. Ken. Gil. Gil? We're only allowed to have multiple Steves. We do that all the time. Yeah, we had multiple Steves and we yeah. Or John's. And John's, yes. Dale. Dale. Gil. John. Peter. French. Mike. Greg. Alright. Welcome you guys. Um so I um gave you so when we do these studies. I give other guys always, we're going through the book of John, okay. so I give you guys one of these. Um, we do it because it is the ESV version of the Gospel of John, and obviously it just lets you write notes and everything like that. So keep it, all right? I mean, if you don't come back, keep it. If you come back, which we would love for you to, right. keep coming back and just mark it up and probably put your name in it, so in case it gets lost, we know who's is who's. Um, <laughs> if you need a pen, I probably have a pen uh, as we go through. So... Um, we are, so we've been going through the Gospel of John. Um, we have spent a few weeks now in this, um, chapter four, the, um, the Samaritan woman chapter. And we were talking it last week, um, went through it again. We've been going, sort of going through it a few times. Went through it again, um, with sort of a focus on how does Jesus, what's he teaching us and how we can approach others um, and share who he is, in essence. And I did that in response to, actually, Marcia. For those of you who know Marcia, it goes to our church. Um, we had gone to lunch the day before at Lumberyard, and I had just sort of, without, just watched her really witness to our server, which was pretty amazing. Witness um, to her? Hmm? Witness to the server? Witness to our server. Yeah, yeah at Lumberyard. Good for her. It was it was amazing, and so amazing that um, we asked we asked him. I won't go through the whole thing again, but we, um, Marcy, I shouldn't say we because I honestly felt like, oh my gosh, 
us as guys, we're trying to learn how to do that up here, and I'm sitting there watching Marcia just blow me away of watching how she did this. Cool. And to the point where she asked the guy, you know, would you have a Bible? And he said, well, I have one. I haven't really opened it up sitting on my bed, you know, my bed stand. And, um, and then she goes, looks at him in his eyes and says, what is your name? And he says, Isaiah. <laughs> which then started this whole discussion, which I then finally got enough courage to get in. And it, um, young guy, um, and as a result, I invited him to our study tonight. Um, and last week, I invited him. Um, and when I walked out, um, you know, I didn't know how he was responding. He obviously was a little uncomfortable in the, watching this whole change sure. happen. But um, as we walked out of the restaurant, he actually purposely came up to me and said, Hey, what was the name of your church again? And, and what time is the men's study? So, uh, what day is today? Tuesday. Bruce, we went to lunch. Yeah, so Bruce and I went to lunch yesterday. I, I feel like a day is a week right now for me. But um, <laughs> we went to Lumberyard yesterday, and guess who served us? Uh, Isaiah. He instantly remembered me, came up, remembered the name of the church, remembered that we had this men's group. And so one day, God willing, I'd love to see him walk through the door. So yeah. that's pretty cool. Um, it's, it's interesting that you are speaking of Isaiah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we got Isaiah all through John, so, yeah. In particular, though, in, in this. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. My wife's from England and taught me some new phrases. Mm -hmm. Gently, gently catch a monkey. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure if Barcia <laughs> is gentle. Well, she is a gentle woman, but Barcia just... No, no, you... <laughs> she, <laughs> you... You don't want to sit next to her in a plane <laughs> and unless you're... You, be, you better be safe. You better be safe. <laughs> yeah. um, well, remember, too, that like that when when Jesus you know, talked to Nicodemus and he talked to the Samaritan woman, um, that he led, he led those conversations. Mm -hmm. you, know, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Like, he, he didn't come out and just say, you know, thirsty, you don't know, blah, blah, blah. He... He led that conversation to where she reacted back, and she came back like, how do you know all this stuff? And the same with Nicodemus, like, do I go back in the womb? I mean, he led those conversations all the time, and like when we're getting it into the nobleman, mm -hmm. I think that has a lot to do with how you handle spreading the word, mm -hmm. you know, how you, how you handle leading that conversation, because some people look at you as like, you got a happy pill. Well, that's sort of what with Marcia. That's exactly what she did. She was in control the whole time, and she led. And what we talked about last week was one of the things that's uh, this been interesting watching Jesus do this with a Samaritan woman is how he puts himself, it, the thing that's trying to create a connection with the person, right? So Jesus, and with a Samaritan woman, he begins the conversation by putting himself in the need of her, by saying, hey, I need some water. Can you give me some water? And it's interesting the effectiveness of that because it, it immediately, immediately engages her. And she's like, why are you wanting to have this conversation with me? But ultimately what Jesus does then is turn that upside down and he ends up being the one who fulfills her ultimate. So it's just interesting watching how he goes about so, and does that. So. My wife and I were talking about um, um, 
what you're talking about in terms of, of sharing gospel and so forth. And and as as our world gets kookier and kookier, and the need for <coughs> disciples is going to become greater and greater. And what is the what what we're talking about a particular example, and she said, well, how did Jesus do it? Jesus simply, simply spoke scripture. And so I went through and I was looking and at where this. where did he speak that from? He spoke it from the Old Testament. Right, and where else did he speak it from? His own mouth. From his, yes. Where did he, he yes. spoke it from his own mouth? From the where father. did he get it? From, yes, from, from the where? father. From the father, exactly. From the father, precisely. Exactly. So, but even... That, when he spoke it from his, from the Father, even even that was referenceable in the Old Testament. There's it's because and what's so cool is he was speaking to the Jews, right? So there's just no getting around it, guys. I know you all know the scripture. I know you've all read it, right? And um, so everything that he says is going to stir something, some, some, that memory, that bit of scripture. And so what's fascinating now is we don't have, we're not dealing with people that do know scripture, yet we do know that it's the truth and that all of us are genetically engineered to receive the truth. So we don't have to use our big brains. We just have to learn and read and learn and listen and learn and read (laughs) until it becomes who we are. And those things automatically just... Is what come, comes out of us. And um, it's t- absolutely just blown the roof off of my sense of urgency mm-hmm. to um, to know this stuff. So I started looking at this and doing my best to remember. And I was able to very quickly reference in Isaiah basically the vast majority of what he said here to her. Are you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good. All right. Okay. So, um, I guess just as a review, I think maybe I'll do this just really quick. So, especially since we got some new guys here, <laughs> to sort of give you guys a little bit of a lay of the land, how we're trying to go through the things we're trying to think about as we walk through the Gospel of John. Um, and one of the things that I opened up the night with um, when we first began this gospel, um, and how, what are we in right now? We're four. Yeah, we're on four, and we're four just to give you an idea. We're on week eighteen, <laughs> chapter four. <laughs> Whoops! So we're moving along. Moving right along. <laughs> Good speed. Um, I thought you meant verse four. <laughs> yeah. By, by yeah. the way, I, yeah. I heard uh, uh, somebody mentioning that they were there. It was a pastor talking about uh, when they had gone through Isaiah, they spent five years. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm. I'm sure you could. We thought we set a record. Yeah, well, we went pretty fast. We saw it, too. It's true. That's true. We didn't. All right. So, um, in fact, why don't you, if you have your Bibles, uh, for those of you who do, um, without the John thing, I want you to turn to um, 2 Corinthians chapter 2 to just sort of remind us again. One of the ways we're trying to look at what we're doing is we're walking through the Gospel of John. And you do, if you guys need a Bible, there are Bibles over here. So, or just grab one around. Um, so, Second Corinthians chapter 2. Anybody remember which verse I'm going to go to? 
That's why we're doing it again. <laughs> so remember, okay? So in 2 Corinthians 2.17, so the very last verse of chapter 2, this is what it says. It goes a little bit along the lines we just were talking about, Jason. For we are not, so Paul's talking to the Corinthians church, and ultimately to us, for we are not like so many peddlers of God's word. And really, peddlers, that word really means not using the word rightly. <laughs> Just um, in so many different ways. Okay? For personal so, gain. It's what? Sorry. Yeah, for, but for not, using it, not using it. We're not peddlers of God's word. But as men, that's us in this group, men of sincerity or integrity, as commissioned by God... So we as men who believe and have faith in Christ, in sincerity and integrity, we're commissioned, we're actually called, I don't know if you guys remember, but we actually, if you believe in Christ, you're called. <laughs> All right. You're called by him. And then it says, in the sight of God, actually the word there is in the presence of God, we speak in Christ. So part of what we're trying to do as we go through the Gospel of John is learn and relearn and give ourselves a chance to practice how do we share Christ in our world today. And we have certain, a lot of us have con con concepts of that in the sense of sort of the original, here for spiritual laws, um, you know, different ways, or evangelism. And I don't even want us to necessarily think of the terms of evangelism with this. I think that's one part of it, without a doubt. I mean, Ken's given us some really good examples of that. Marcia did um, a week ago, but also just how do we, among brothers and sisters in Christ, how do we with the world not be ashamed of Christ and be able to speak his word into other people's lives? And one of the ways we actually started this group out was the challenge to say, just try as you're walking around to use the word Jesus or Christ instead of God. Just in your conversations, because even among Christians and stuff, you don't, a lot of times you hear about God, a lot of God talk, but actually speak the name of Christ, speak the name of Jesus, and you'll see a that, different thing. That was that a, that's a very good thing that you started, because it, it has aided me. Good. <clears throat> I just do it, and damn the torpedoes. You know? Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And you know, you know, something on that, can I interject real quick? Mm -hmm. Something that hit me on that today, they, um... The sword, double-edged sword that cuts through everything, right, is the Word of God. What is the Word? Jesus. Right. So the Word, the words Jesus Christ. I find in myself something that that just Jesus Christ just obliterates sin in and of itself. That's the sword. Just, just. It, 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 those two words. And it's a good sort because when you say the word, you can say the word God to people and they can just sort of go, you can talk to anybody, they're just like, oh, yeah, God, okay, whatever. But when you say the word Jesus, they're, sometimes you feel a, yeah. a slice going down. Yeah. I'm not sure which way they're going to go, sure. but you, there's a reaction. very specific. Yeah, yeah. There's, it's yeah, like we're talking nice. about a person, okay, and it's just um, someone who's real and someone who <laughs> really saved us <laughs> on the cross. So... One of the things that I did, and I'll just 
show again. So one of our objectives as we're doing this is, and this goes back again to the movie Jason just said, is what we're going to see in John happen is, and think of living water. So it, one of the things that Jesus talks about is that he's the living water. And we talked about the living water in the actual word has meaning for the Jews. Because living, living water actually means literally in the earth, water that flows and is fresh. So when he goes to the well with the Samaritan woman, when you're at a well, that well that water can be just sort of stagnant, all right? Or it can be living water because it has a spring that's constantly flowing into it. And so when we're as we're going through John, and we haven't really gone here quite yet, we're going to start seeing very quickly how what what we have is we have God the Father, and what you see is you're going to see a pattern. That pattern is God the Father speaks and pours into... Hey, Steve. He's, he's, in essence, pouring himself into Jesus. And he's speaking the words of him into Jesus. And Jesus is constantly saying, I live because I have the living water from the Father. The Father's giving him life. The Father's telling him what to say. The Father's guiding everything that he does. But what... John tells us that Jesus does, is Jesus says, now, you've given that to me, but if Jesus just let that just sit there, what happens with water that just stays? It becomes stagnant. So what Jesus is doing, as we're seeing, as we're going through the John, is that Jesus is taking, and he's pouring his word in, in life into other people. We're going to see that even today, in the passage we're going to look at. Holy he Spirit. pours his life into us. Is that the Holy Spirit? Well... No, I'm not going to say it's the Holy Spirit. <laughs> okay. okay, I'm going to just say he pours his life into us. All right. Um, we can talk about that more, but the Spirit is the presence of God. All right, so the, the, so he's pouring, Jesus is pouring himself into us. In fact, if you take about with the Spirit, well, let's not do that yet. <laughs> okay. So he pours into us, and one of the, our challenges is, we as Christians can be sitting here just constantly getting poured in, but then we don't do anything with the water ourselves. And what happens when you just let it sit? It just becomes stagnant. All right. So for us to keep being poured into, what we're trying to do when we say speak in Christ is how can we be ones who don't just hear the word, but we take the word, and just as Jesus did with the Father, we learn to speak that into the life of other people. Okay, so that's sort of what, in a sense, we're trying. We're seeing this going to happen within John, and that John's constantly doing this. Life comes. There's this flow. It's like a waterfall. It goes from the Father into the Son, into us, and then into the disciples. And we, all of us, are here today believing in Christ. Because others poured it into others through 2,000 years, and we finally have that in us. But we can become very stagnant <laughs> if we're not careful. And how do we pour it into others? And I think one of the things I would challenge all of us to see, and I've seen it actually happen with you guys already, is that as we pour and speak Christ into others, we actually experience the presence of Christ working in us. So there's something that when you keep that flowing... Life, we, we experience that life, and then we experience the presence of God. We experience the presence of Christ. We experience Christ working in our life. 
but a lot of times we just want to get poured into and we just don't pour out. <laughs> so that's part of what we're trying to look at is how do we do that here. Um, and so that's one of the ways that we're reading through John just to see that happen. And we're going to see that happen today. Again, we saw that happen in the Samaritan Women verse. We've been seeing that happen as we go through John. Okay. Um, all right. Questions? Just, just to sort of get our... I, yes. I, 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 I was outspoken about the living spirit, about the Holy Spirit, because of what he said to Nicodemus. And so right. I'm a little confused now. I'm sorry. I well... Get conf- I get confused. Because he tells Nicodemus about, you know, about the water and the flesh is flesh, and, he's, and he talks about the Holy Spirit. Right. So we, was I... No, you're not. I'm using living water a little bit, not exactly like Jesus is doing in John. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm using, using more of a metaphor, more of an illustration. Okay. I'm sorry. Well, but then, but but at, but, the, but at the same time, absolutely 100% literal. This is something that, that like blows my mind when it, it, it's like, oh, this. No, that's straight up. Jesus is the life, like our existence, yeah. our our. Actionable personal power is only what it is through Christ, right? Then we get to choose: do we want that to go on for all eternity, or do we want to just die in our sin, right? So we're not here separate of Christ any way you slice it. Christ is life. He sustains everything. Yeah. Well, so, he, right. He or form the whole deal, top to bottom. Whether you accept him or not. That's right. <laughs> so, I think we can have a little piece of heaven right here if we accept Christ. We, yeah, we, that's right. the deal. And we do. Absolutely. That's right. the idea. Kingdom come, that behind, we'll be That's why we're here. Yeah. Which is also... Experience some of the joy know, and, and the love yeah, that he pours through us, in us. Right. So your question is actually really good, Ken. Because, Super. because just, again, since you asked that question... One of the things to always remember, I think we had this discussion about a week or two ago, is when you look at Scripture, there is a flow that happens. God, one way of looking at all of the Bible is under, say, that God wants one thing. He wants to be with us. Mm-hmm. All right? Relationship. So, right. He, and so he, to, he wants to be in a relationship with us. He wants to be with us. All of us right now are with each other. Okay? So if you think about it, we're all here right now, right? We're all physically present. And what are we all doing? Studying the Word. Right. And what are we? how are we doing that? We're talking to each other. That's right. Really. So two things are happening. To be a person in relationship, there's two things that happen. We are both present with people, and we speak to people, and we communicate through words, right? I mean... If you think about it, you can't have a relationship with someone if you didn't speak and we were all silent, what would happen? We could not have a relationship. We could say, well, we're all here with each other. We're present. The presence of us is here, but we're not speaking. How do we ever really get to know each other? We don't. Mm-hmm. The other side of that is, is if you know Ken walked out to his car right now, all right, and he starts texting all of us, you know, there's somewhat of a relationship that can happen there, but ultimately, you need to be present, okay? And so the Holy Spirit that you see from the very first words in Genesis 
to the very last words, basically, of Revelation. The yeah. Holy Spirit is the presence of God. And where is that presence with Jesus? So it began in the garden. God's presence was in the garden, speaking to them. Then it was in a tabernacle. Then it was in a temple. And, of course, God's presence is everywhere. But that's where it was as far as relationship. And then with Jesus, the radical thing is that what happens when Jesus was baptized? God's presence, the Holy Spirit, Spirit came upon Jesus. And now Jesus, as he speaks, his physical presence is with people. And he's speaking. He is literally God with us. Mm-hmm. When it says in John, God tabernacled with us, he makes his home with us. Jesus literally was God with us. Right? Does it's that like make sense? God's speaking through Jesus. Right. And he, well, but he's actually God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? One and the same. Right. But now you have a problem. Because when Jesus dies on the cross... What, where's God's presence now? And so Jesus says, I'm going to leave. We're going to see this in John 15, right? 14, 15, 17. What happens is Jesus says before he leaves, the last day, I mean, when he's in the upper room, what does he tell of his disciples? I'm going to be leaving you, but I'm going to bring my presence, which is the Spirit, into not just me walking around, but now my presence of God is going to live in each one who believes in me. Right? So, if you think about that, when you put your faith in Christ, each one of us, if you really got this, <laughs> we literally have the presence of God in us. The same presence that was in Jesus lives in us today. We have Christ, and that's why it actually says in the New Testament a lot of times, the Spirit of Christ. We have the presence of Jesus living in us. But we don't just have the presence. <laughs> when we study His Word and we experience and we express that Word to others, we are living Christs to others. We are little Christians to others. We are literally speaking Christ. We are Christ to others. We have the presence of God in us, and we're speaking Christ to others. Absolutely. That's, if we get that... Phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. So does that make, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Some? That's why I say when I'm saying we pour, when we're doing all this, and then we're giving our presence with another person, and then we're speaking Christ into their lives, in multiple ways we can do that, we're, we are... We are Christ. We are presenting Christ to others. Okay, now literally are we Christ? No, Jesus sits at the right hand of God right now. But we have his presence and his words to be his presence of the world. <coughs> Christ so, in you, the hope of glory. The hope of glory, right. So that's why a lot of times I like to, I'm trying to move myself into this. We talk about the Holy Spirit, we talk about the word of God, and we tend to sever those two. And you can't do that. It's all one. That's why really it's saying, you put those two together, Christ in us. You know, so. All all three. All three, yeah. Yeah, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. So, yes, Eric. Uh, What I find personally is that how does (coughs) Christ live through me? Mm -hmm. And so, um, people used to ask me about flying airplanes. 
and I explain it's always a constant back, a constant correction back to an optimum. And I've used that metaphor here before. And so we're all in the world, but the spirit living in us helps <coughs> us not be of the world. Absolutely. And, and so, <laughs> well said. so how does that happen? So the Holy Spirit lives in me through the choices that I make every day, how I respond to people, um, how I get distracted by the world because of my sin nature wants to pull me off course. And the Holy Spirit then living in me helps me walk a walk. And I, what I found is, is that you want to be the person that other people see you. You want to be that person and no real too. You want to be genuine. Yeah, right. Sincere. And the only way you can be genuine is to be ethical. And so I think ethics is the net result of Christ living in us on a path where we can see the distractions and discern those distractions and let the Holy Spirit guide us in our decisions on a daily basis. And I think that's the, the, the living spirit that works through us. And so how that, I, I think that's the completion of really what it's about. And so where does that leave? People see that, number one, that you're up front. There's no real two. And what happens is a bit of trust because they don't have to worry about something else that's on your mind wanting to sell you something and here comes the sales pitch or whatever, you know. And so what that does is that that establishes a relationship because I'm no threat because I am who I say I am and I believe what I believe and I walk my walk and I have my ethics and my struggles. And so that opens doors and what happens is is that it's kind of like flying in formation. Once you rendezvous on the leader, you're together. And so we're all so busy in life that just being available to listen to other busy people and being there with them, even if it's in a restaurant or whatever, and being who you are, that's, that's the invisible Holy Spirit working in, in a miraculous way, that you have the ability to put the other person first <laughs> to listen about what they're about and their concerns and have compassion for their walk. And all of a sudden, um, the Holy Spirit works right through you yep. into them, and they sense something happening mm -hmm. that's wonderful. So that's the yeah. best way that's I can good. describe no, it. Well, well said, Eric. That's yeah. a submission, submitting to Christ. Yes. Uh, then is what allows you to submit to other Amen. humans. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Right? And that's... Yeah. And, see that and again, you see, and what's interesting is when I see the pattern of what you just said, Jason, is Jesus did this himself. So we think a lot of times we're going to become like Christ. We're becoming like Christ who became like his, who is like his father. Mm -hmm. So Jesus himself was always looking to the father saying, how are you? What am I supposed to say? How am I supposed to act? Mm -hmm. We're really following Jesus just as he did with the Father. Or with his disciples. And yeah. his disciples. But the point is, if we can't do it for ourselves, we're no good to anybody else. Well, <laughs> <for sure. laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> All right, so I want us to turn to, thanks for a little introduction, I mean, just to give ourselves, remind us where we are. Um, so turn to page 26. 26? 26. Page, <laughs> page 26. Yes, page 26. You're jumping. No, page 26. No, I'm not. We've yeah. been in the Samaritan going for like three weeks now. Yeah, but so. we're just figuring it out. <laughs> <laughs> if we want to move forward. Yeah. Yeah. I think, did I say that in my email today or something? Yeah. We have to move forward. <laughs> so we have to. I'm going to try to do that. Email. I'm still thinking, I probably, why do you come at the sixth hour? Yeah. I'm, I know you're still, you're <laughs> still a Nicodemus. Ken got stuck in Nicodemus. Uh, and I was saying that actually, for those of you, if you haven't been here for a couple of weeks or something, read the Samaritan woman story in, in John 4. Because we were talking about how this story. You could do a whole discipleship program around the Samaritan woman story. It's just amazing what Jesus does in her interact in his interaction with her. Um, so we're going to see a little bit of that repeated here. So we'll, we'll maybe tip back into the Samaritan woman a little bit. All right. So yeah, we got to read some. We got to we got to dip into Isaiah a little bit. Uh, but we'll see. Okay. No, 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 no. Just of, of, of this. It's quick. And you're still stuck in Isaiah. I'll probably always. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, we tease here because I mean we did before John, we did Isaiah, and we spent about a year and a year and a half. Yeah. Year I, and I, was no, I was nowhere near being ready. I wasn't bored even after a year and a half. Yeah. I mean, we're just getting into it. All right, so um, I, I think what I'd like to do. Did you bring your CSP? I did. Can you can you read it? I'll try. These glasses. Do you want me like one seventy fives or one fifty? These are like. If it's glory, if, or something, if it's glory, I'll like just that. have us read it. I'll just have us read it. Or yeah. you, you want to try? You, you want, well, well, there's a whole there's a whole bucket of them. I know. I tried them all. They're all strong. Hey, I'm gonna give a shot. I'm gonna be like this. But that's okay. So, um, don't try to follow in this. Just what I'm gonna do for a minute is just listen to Bill read this in the different version. All right, in the CSB <laughs> version. Where are we starting? Um, at, verse, at, four, at verse 46. And where, where, where are we starting at? What I actually start at 43. John 4, 43. John 4, 43. So I want you to read John 4, 43 to 54. Okay? okay. Now, why don't you guys not, don't look at yours for a second. So just listen. I want to teach us to hear from it you. Actually okay? has a, Otherwise, because if you try to follow, you're going to find out the yeah. words are different. Mm -hmm. So, Okay, um, a Galilean okay, so welcome. 43. After and I want you to listen, sorry, as he's reading it, listen for anything that just jumps out at you, for any of us, just anything, as, you, as you're hearing him speak it, what sort of just pops out, okay, to you. Go ahead. After two days, he left there for Galilee. Jesus himself had testified that a prophet has no honor in his own country. When they entered Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him because they had seen everything he did in Jerusalem during the festival. For they also had gone to the festival, the second sign of healing in the official sun. He went again to Cana of Galilee, where he had turned the water into wine. There was a certain royal official whose son was ill at Capernaum. When this man heard that Jesus had come from Judea into Galilee, he went to him and pleaded with him to come down and heal his son, since he was about to die. Jesus told him, Unless you people see signs and wonders, you'll never not believe. Sir, 
the official said to him, Come down before my boy dies. Go, Jesus told him, your son will live. The man believed what Jesus said to him and departed. While he was still going down, his servants met him saying that the boy was alive. He asked them what time he had gotten better. Yesterday at one in the afternoon, the fever left him, they answered. The father realized that this was the very hour which Jesus had told him, your son will live. So he himself believed along with his whole household. Now this was also the second sign Jesus performed after he came from Judea to Galilee. Just in hearing that, is there something that just... Well, I have a a question. Uh Uh-huh. And it isn't really... It's at the In the introduction, Christ says, um, a prophet is not recognized in his own land. What did that have to do with anything? He's just going off to to Galilee, and he just says this. Very good question. Mm -hmm. Is it? I don't... It is a good question. So, because you see that Jesus is traveling here. So... A little geography with my hands is Israel is very small. Okay, a very small country. Yet. Just remember that. So, if you everyone know where Napa is, a wine country up in California, I know you do. You know, you know where Napa is? So Napa Casino. Yeah, but yeah. So if you go from Napa down to Monterey, okay. Wow. That is the the north-south length of Israel. Wow. Israel is a really small country. No wonder they walked everywhere. Yeah. Besides right. the morning. Yeah. <laughs> they did. The buses were working. So in fact, you notice that they said that Jesus was in Jerusalem and he comes back to Galilee. Yeah. All right. Which is normal. And so Gal- Jerusalem's down here south. Galilee is up here at the north. Galilee is like a big, huge Lake Tahoe. All right. And Judea... Jerusalem is where the temple is, and you have most of what you call the real Orthodox Jew, Judean Jews, all right? And that's where they worship. Up here in Galilee, you had a whole um, population of both Jews and Greeks and other different people. In between these two, right below Galilee, is Samaria, which is the mixed race that the Judean Jews hated. That's why we had the Good Samaritan. Going back to Gil's question, Nazareth is pretty close between Samaria and Galilee. Alright? So, they're going, Jesus was down in Jerusalem. Him and his disciples are going up, and as they're going up, they're going through Samaria, which we have the, the, the tale, the story we just heard of, the Samaritan woman. That's where the Samaritan woman happened. Remember, I showed you the pictures of the yeah, Jacob's um, Jacob's well. J- yeah, There's of the one Jacob's well that yeah. actually exists. Yeah, I've been to in Regwadra. Is it still? Is the town there, still yeah. named Sakar? I think I don't. Sometimes I don't know offhand. They renamed if it's a new city. They renamed the stuff, and it's still in that area. So the reason why they're saying that there, Gil, is because they're passing back through this area of where Jesus was born now. So he's just explaining why they're going away? So, so, so Gil, in the Gospel of Matthew and in Mark, it gives more information. So Matthew 13, 57. um, Okay, so Matthew 13, 53. When Jesus had finished these parables, he moved on from there, coming to his hometown he began teaching the people in their synagogues, and they were amazed. 
Where did this man get this wisdom and these miraculous powers, they, they asked. Isn't this the carpenter's son? Isn't his mother Mary, and aren't his brothers James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? Aren't all, aren't all his sisters with us? Where did this man get all these things? And they took offense at him. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his hometown and, and in his own home. And then it says, And he did not do many miracles there because of the lack of their faith. But in all the other places, it's like, And all the sick came and all the sick were healed. Right? So, but it explains, In his hometown, everybody was doubting him. Right, oh, he's and, just a carpenter, and and without honor, because like, don't especially like, his, I mean, like, his who, own brothers. Who's, who's his own brothers. I think he is, like, yeah, right. his own brother thought he was crazy. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right, James. So well, eventually, James turned. Yeah, so there's the answer to that question as to why. So anyway, what are the things that you hear in this story? Anything sort of like just prick your ear? Anything that you just go hmm, questions? Just in hearing. He's asking for healing for his son, uh-huh. for his child, and. Uh, Jesus says, "Don't worry about it. He's gonna be. He's gonna live." Uh-huh. Well, the the guy demanded it. He, was he, he pulled one. a Jacob. He said, "I'm not letting go of you till you till you do this. Mm. I know mm-hmm. what you can do. You're gonna you, you heal my son." Mm. But it was his faith. That made it happen. Certainly, but that's the point. It's not like, hey, you know, he he, he knew. He was desperate, but he... Well, yeah, so good question. What kind of official official was he? Because he could order those things. Yeah, so it's actually a royal title. We don't really know. We don't know if the person is a Jew or a Gentile, for sure. We don't know what position they had. Something up in that area... But we don't know. We just know he's an official, so he's someone in, like, an official position. Um, like a military governmental type position. That's all we know. We don't really know much more than that. I don't see in the wording here that it sounds like he's demanding. No, the fastidiousness of him searching the man out. Just like when you taught us a one or two time class a year ago during the pandemic, we were on Zoom, Mm -hmm. and it was the Lord's Prayer. Our our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. So we're being declarative. Your kingdom come. Come. Bring your kingdom. We're, right. we're declaring that every time. And we, and we have that authority right? yes. Not only through Christ. Right. Yeah. So the demanding part, if you call it demanding, and I would say it's with reverence. So he's being... Oh, absolutely. He's, but he says, what does he say in verse 49? He says, the official said to him, sir, come down before my child dies. He's like, heal him. I mean, he's seen, he's seen or heard of Jesus' healing ability. He knows the son's sick, and he's saying, crying out and say, heal him. Right? So there is that demanding. It's, it, it's, it's I did, not like a, um, not a you will do this or right. you'll no. cut your head off. No. He's, saying, he's saying, sir, yeah. come down. Like, like, is that what you were saying in, in your opening prayer when you used the yes. demand? Very good. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I, it took me aback. Yeah. yeah. But very, exactly. very good. No, that's exactly. And, <laughs> but it's a good word. In reverence, because just what he just said, we forget. You guys will hear me. I get well. When I say the Lord's Prayer, I learned because I used to teach it a lot in the Bay Area that in the Lord's Prayer, the verbs "give us this day our daily bread," "forgive us our trespasses," the the mm-hmm. verb comes first. All right, and it's emphatic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But here's the radical thing about the Lord's Prayer. 
radical is that it is an imperative. These verbs are in the imperative, which are commands that we're actually telling God, do this. <laughs> yes. That's yes. And that's freaky when you think you go, yeah. what? But that's actually the voice. So that's why when you hear me do the prayer, I emphasize and say, forgive us our sins. Mm-hmm. Give us this daily bread. Because we're like saying, do even um, bring your, you know, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. We're not the ones making God's name holy. We're mm-hmm. saying, God, make your name holy. Yes. Mm-hmm. God, bring heaven to earth. And we're saying, do it, God. Yeah. And we're knowing yeah. he's the one that does it. But we're, actually, we're literally, it's in, I think Eric saw this in one of my sermons, that we're using language that a, that, um, a commander would say to his subordinates, but the subordinates would never say that to his commander. And yet Jesus is giving us the authority to say, yes, yeah. you can talk in reverence. Mm-hmm. You can talk to the God that way because he wants to know you want him to make this happen. Yeah. Yeah. And as He's his children, are, right. he wants that model, too, that right. we know our identity in Christ to live out that kind of prayer life. Yeah. We were to get there. Right, right. And that's what you see all through the Psalms. David is not like... Oh, poor shepherd, you know. You know, he's not he's crying out to God. He's saying, Make it happen, God. Come on. Mm-hmm. Sometimes he says it pretty strongly, destroy my Another thing Jesus yeah. did was, children against the rocks. Yeah. Was uh, yeah. called yeah. upon the promises of God. Oh, that's a hurt. Very good. Right. Yeah. As you promised, fulfill did you guys the hear word, that? as you that's promised. Right. right. Mm-hmm. So I'm sorry I was busy talking. Say it again. Yeah. Um Jason also mentioned the promises of God. You know, as you promised, send your spirit here mm-hmm. to be with us. You know, because it's like, you said you would do this. We believe you're doing it. Do it. I'll do yeah, it. Right. Because you've promised this thing. So I'm praying that you will fulfill your promises. And and and, 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 and in saying yeah. that, I have the faith and therefore it is. Right. Yeah. Mm. yeah. You're speaking, you're actually praying in faith. Yes. Because you're saying, mm-hmm. do this, God. Yeah. Right. All right. Um, what are the things you guys can open up? What What are the things that you see in this um, story that's going on? Well, in forty eight. Oh, go, go ahead. Go, in, go ahead. Bruce. In forty eight, Jesus says, before the he asks that, hmm. unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. Well, he had to believe, and for the signs and wonders to take place. Yeah. So you are, are we allowed to be opening the book yet? Yeah, I just said yes. <laughs> <You're listening. laughs> yeah. We allow you. <laughs> Go ahead, um, Jason. Nobody's ever not allowed right. you. You're too big. <laughs> and I would tell our new guys here that you know this is not. We'll see how these guys are, but it is. up on what Bruce said, though, we have. We have, yeah. we have I think the sequence is so important here. Unless you see sign and wonders, you will not believe. And then he, the next thing that happens, he gives a sign and a wonder. Yeah. Mm. It's a one-two. Okay, now here's something that's interesting. This is why one reason why we why we study. Okay, this is not obvious to any of you. It wasn't obvious to me. Okay, is when Jesus is saying this here in 48. So you you get it's it's sort of odd actually. You know when this man 
which so we're talking about an individual, this man, this Capernaum official, um, in 47, he went to him and asked him to come down and heal the son, for he was at the point of death. And this says, so Jesus said to him, unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. The you there is not singular, it is plural. Well, everybody, right? So Jesus is really talking, not really necessarily to this, to this official. He's sort of probably, maybe even the disciples are there probably, okay, other people are there, but he's, he's speaking generally. Okay, he's speaking to those who need to see a sign or wonder to believe in Jesus. All right, and he's sort of saying, he's saying, well, you guys, unless you see signs and wonders, you're not going to believe. So very possibly his disciples or other people around, he's saying this generally to all of them. Where the reality is, is the, the other way around. Yeah, well, for the for the for the, for the official, he's not needing to see that. He just he just believes mm-hmm. that. Jesus can heal them. Yeah. He's almost calling yeah. him out. It makes more like, sense. Listen yeah. to this one more time. Yeah. 48. Yeah. Jesus told him, unless you people see signs and wonders, you will not believe. Yeah. Like you people. I mean, he's right. calling out everybody. Right. Really. And this is, this is one of the things we're seeing in John a lot right now. Might is be a that, frustrated. Is that Jesus, we're seeing people believe because they have a sign. They yeah. see a sign of wonder. And we're finding out that that belief is only a partial type belief. Jesus wants them to go another step further. He wants them to not just believe based on something I did. He wants them to believe based on well, you can't see who he is. Yeah, yeah very good. Okay? So so he wants that belief to go to the next step of not just, it's not about what you do yeah. for me, it's about being in a relationship with you. That yeah, that's what, that's what I was going to ask, because it says him and his household believe, but yeah. in which way did they believe? And how did they follow up their belief? I mean, it took it took very good. It took him a day's journey yeah. to get to a point. I'm sure he was in haste after Jesus told him go. Right. He was going back home, so it was like a day, day and a half. And that's journey. what I think about. And fifteen they miles. Meet, they met, yeah. so it must have been a three day journey for him to, to get there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in what way did he believe in him and his household? So good question. And it it seems like it's saving faith. Well. It does. Yeah. It, it it is. But let's go back to him for a minute. When did he believe? Why did he? So where does it say in here? He believed already. He believed already. What did he? What did he believe? <coughs> he believed the word that Jesus spoke. What, like, Two things. Yeah. He believed that Jesus could heal his son. Okay. Because right? he made the journey that proved yeah. that he believed that. All right. And two. That after G- he believed Jesus' word, Jesus said he would, and he believed that he that that he would. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So wait. So listen to what Steve said, because where does that where does it say that, Steve? Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, in fifty, go. Your son yeah. will live. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke. That's right. right. So you notice that it's not believing a sign. The sign had not even taken place. No. He's his faith is based on hearing the word. Of Jesus, hearing the word of God. Remember we've been t- talking about Romans all the time. How do people put their faith in Christ? Through hearing the word of God, mm-hmm. hearing Jesus speak. Isn't and that's what you see here, that faith is based on the fact that Jesus said, based on his word. That's mm-hmm. what he's, so he's believing in the person. So remember I told you before, what is a person? He's got the presence in his word. <laughs> Jesus is present with him. 
Jesus speaks to him, and he says, I believe what you say. I believe you, that you can do this as a person. And that saves him. So I'm thinking that's, that's the initial, that's the faith. Um, but you see the stage thing, then he goes and tells all of his family. Right. I wonder, did he tell them Jesus is the Messiah? We don't know. We don't. Or what did he exactly? I don't know. And who is the? And it is possible that this royal official had other people in his, you know, in his royalty that he could have told them about too. I mean, I'm sure, absolutely. I mean, it was, you know, it's it's doesn't sounds a little way out there that you know he was persecuted by you know these Roman officials and such and. We don't really know what this nobleman was. Like, right. Like we what don't. Society was a honor. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. We don't. Yeah. He could have been a Samaritan. But you can imagine if <laughs> if you were this official, if you experienced it with your son. Your and I heard things. You right. Know, I you heard it, yeah. and then you and then what what happens? You encounter Jesus yourself. Right. And Jesus says, "I'm going to do this." Right. And you believe him. And then you see that he does it. <laughs> right. You're not no, going to keep no, your I'm not even going to mess around. <laughs> but, but once again, I know you're, you're going to like, can't stand me saying this again. No, I don't. But, no. You, but I know I'm going to bring us all back no, too far back fine. again. But Are we going back to Nicodemus? Nicodemus yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, you guys. I'm sorry I'm stuck there. Yeah, I'm sure. But you know what? No. It's great. No, it's no, what's funny it's about good. this is that, though, you know, he says, Rabbi, you know, he's talking to him, and he knows that he... He's already done a miracle, and 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 he's at, and Jesus is asking him at that point, you know, come with me and stuff. And he's just stuck in this. I mean, he doesn't want to believe yet. He knows there's a miracle been done. I mean, he's he's fighting the the Jewish um, uh, hierarchy, and and it's it's it it puzzles me how he didn't he didn't just. Say I want to join you. Yeah. Well, it, it, it's the it's the construct of the world. That's our, that is our that is our big challenge. Stepping out of that into a kingdom reality. He he didn't right. ask, want to let go he didn't of the ask Jesus if he was the Messiah. He should have been like looking right. for the Messiah, right? That's <clears throat> right. the Samaritan well, woman he, knows yeah. when the Messiah comes. That's the real deal. But we are we, waiting for the Messiah. Did he, he didn't say, did "Are you the Messiah?" Reason? If Jesus come, said, if he yeah. would have said, "Are you the Messiah?" Jesus, he, I'm the Messiah. He, I am the right. Messiah. He and his then heart. Then he would have had to say, "Either I believe knew. or I don't." <laughs> yeah, he brain, knew. He knew. Wouldn't let him go there. He knew, but because he didn't really want to know. Right. He, well, exactly. He didn't yeah. really want to know the truth. He knew it was yes. in his heart, and he couldn't keep himself from it. Because well, because what was he? Pharisee. Yeah, you, a Pharisee. You, right. you got to remember that he was at the top of the hill. And, and we have a Samaritan that right. jumped on board. We, we, have, we have disciples that jumped on board. Yeah, but, now you're but, getting it. Because what do we have? Let's just take what you just said there. We have Nicodemus. He is a Pharisee. He's the one. The job and role of Pharisees is to rule, is basically to make sure the people are doing Moses' law. Yeah. All right, and they know the Bible yeah, like the back of their hand. They know yes. Isaiah like the back of their hand. They know mm-hmm. they know all that. But what a Pharisee's Lord job is is to make sure everybody is doing that. All right, and he was one of the the top one of the top of the top Pharisees, guys, yeah. right? Top so we all yeah, probably how how much of us like 
including me. I mean, how much of us, like, do we maybe not want to step out because, oh, my God, what are people going to think about me? Am I going to lose my job? Well, was, he knew he was going to lose his job. Yeah. And he had a wife. Right. And he had That's a family. Right. right. And, and think about the, the today, right? The, the, just in our culture, which is whatever, man, right? Just in our culture, that's hard to do. Yeah. Think about even in today in Israel, right? How, how you, you've got this entire infrastructure that is so set up to be insulated from everybody else. Just being a Christian in Israel today would be insane. Then it would have been like, I mean, yeah, yeah, that was pretty... So are you momentous. saying that the Samaritan woman, because she didn't have nothing to lose, jumped on board? Is that basically what we're going to say, then, that if we were to... If, say, I walked in here and you said, hey, Ken Garcia, you know, you seem like a nice guy, you're homeless and everything, but, you know, I jump on board because I have nothing I have nothing to lose? Is, is that what you're saying, that this Samaritan woman only... he Jesus spent time to lead her into that whole process mm -hmm. to make for the belief. Mm -hmm. But he also did that with Nicodemus he, too. He, he did, did the same thing. There was no difference. So is it is there, are you kind of saying that maybe Nicodemus had more to lose than the Samaritan woman? I think I, I think yeah. there's 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 an analogy or a story. So Jesus goes to uh, one of the religious leaders' homes. And there's also a, a woman there. And the woman is kissing his feet, washing his feet with it, with her tears, with her with her hair, and with the guys. Tears. Oh yeah. yeah and, and the guys are thinking, if he was a prophet, he would know that this girl is like a, you know, not good. Like, <laughs> right. Why is he? Why is he letting her do that? And then he goes, tell me this. You know, tell me this. Who, if 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 you had, if you owed a debt of say fifty thousand, and it was forgiven, if there's someone owed fifty thousand and it was forgiven, and somebody owed five hundred and it was forgiven, who would love more? And then the guy said, "Well, the guy who owed more." And he goes, "You judge correctly. When I came in, you didn't offer me anything to wash. You didn't, you know, do this." She washed my feet with, with her tears. She did all these things. So it's like she loves more because she was forgiven more. And and, and the, the idea is, is he's like, I came to seek and save that which was lost. Uh, he also says, who needs, a, who needs a physician? Those who are well or those who think they're well or those who know they're sick, right? So there's, there's a contrast between, you know, the, the powerful... Or those who think that they're powerful, yeah. so, and then, you know, people people who know their need, and it's like even, um, you know, Jesus is standing in front of being judged by Pontius Pilate, and Pontius Pilate says, "Don't you know I have the authority to to crucify you or let you live?" And Jesus says, "You have no authority." Except what was given to you by God, right? You think you're in charge, but you're not. But that's that's kind of, you know, that's that's the power dynamic, right? Those types of people tend to kind of, yeah, reject because they're self, they think they're self-sufficient. 
Yeah. Uh, and, I, and I think that... Or living in the so, yeah. first of all, remember, yeah, Nicodemus does believe. He does believe. He does believe, yeah. and he is at the very end, right there at the cross with Jesus. Right. He's so we know that his faith is ultimately going to get there. That's, I yeah. think, one thing that's fascinating, John, is, you know, like we just went through the membership class, and we, as part of our membership of our church, we sort of ask people to tell their story about how they've come to faith. And, you know, some people have stories that can go... You know, on January 26th at 7 a.m., I accept Jesus as my Savior, all right? And some people have more of this, like, this faith has been sort of this process of them coming. And in John, you're seeing much more of a process almost. You're seeing that, like a Nicodemus, yeah. all right, you're seeing this process of him watching. And, and the number one thing that Jesus constantly judges is not, and that's, what the, that's the irony, what does Jesus judge? He doesn't judge a Samaritan woman who's had five husbands or more, who, okay, is really everything that society says doesn't mean a thing. So she is every barrier. She's like the, she's the ultimate. Why is she alone at the, um, the well? Mm-hmm. Because everybody's rejected her. Yeah, unacceptable. And, and the irony is that that is the one that Jesus goes to, the woman recognizes who he is and asks who he is. And, but you end up having someone who is in power, <laughs> and the one that Jesus most of judge is people in religious power. In in terms of us, me, I'm a pastor. Okay, I'm the I would be the one that in this room that would be like most likely like you you know I better watch myself <laughs> because those who are in religious yeah. positions of leadership are the ones that are most heavily judged by God, all right? Because they're the ones telling the people what God says or doesn't say. Um, and the Pharisees were piling all these things on and having people do all these rules and everything, actually keeping people from God. And that's why Jesus comes down so heavily on them. And Nicodemus is one of those who falls in that Pharisaic rule with it. The irony is their job was really supposed to be authentically, if they did their job well, they were supposed to be the ones who really brought God's word to people and to bring people into relationship with God. But they got so corrupted with it. So, you're seeing good tension, I guess. You know, Greg, just real quick, yeah. uh, I, I just think Jesus sees the heart of everybody. Oh, yeah. He saw the heart of Nicodemus. Absolutely. He accepted me because he, he knew, he already knew what Nicodemus was. I mean, Nicodemus was the one that helped get him off the cross. Yeah. Nicodemus had, and he was high up there, but also everything in between, everything in between. The Samaritan woman, this official, whoever he was, right. he saw through the veil of what they, and he saw right to the heart. And I think it's important too. The official wasn't asking for himself; he was mm. asking for his child. Right. Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he believed when he didn't see. And then when he saw it, he really believed. Right. Because the whole family got on board. Yeah. No, I think he believed right from the beginning. He did. No, that's but, well, it says it twice. He just says, you know. Let's just see if I can. He was live and he just accepted and left. Yeah, he, uh, he, didn't, yeah. he didn't say jailer. <laughs> he didn't ask him to repeat it or <laughs> right. to verify so, it or to justify it. Is, it. Right. He just, <laughs> if Christ says, I'm on my way home. Right. He did confirm it, though. He was like, well, what time was it? 
Yeah, he did. Oh, is this what out? Oh, and then, okay, he, and yeah. then afterwards, yeah. the whole that's family. That's afterwards. That's, that's after afterwards. Right. He after he called his family to get us All right. Yeah, yeah, see, yeah, see, see what the L.C. is a good point. He's saying, he just, when does he ask that? He asks it after he finds out that the son is, is he healed. Right. What, what I find is interesting about that is that, that that could easily have not been in here. John finds that necessary mm-hmm. yeah. to document. You know? By the way, how did John know that? That's true. Uh, That's true. Uh, We're keep asking this, don't we? But he probably heard back from one of his servants. Or he could have been like a well-known later. church member, a church leader, too. At that point. Yeah, yeah. But going back to the text, uh-huh. unless you see sign and wonders, uh-huh. isn't this a metaphor for how we became yes. Christians? Because we don't see signs and wonders because Jesus isn't here doing them, and yet somehow we came to believe. Good. How did we come to believe? Through the Word. Mm-hmm. Okay. Did you guys hear that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, well, that's, so notice that here, what's, in fact, I think this, um, I said it, we just said there, I think, it's a good, good point, is notice what happens here is, the, um, the official does not need to see to believe, mm-hmm. right? He does not need to see. He only needs to hear the word of Jesus, which is really looking forward to what's going to happen in John 20. Because what happens with Thomas? Anybody remember this? Very yeah. Thomas, in fact, why don't we just turn there real quick? Unless because this it. is sort of like the ultimate, we'll go, we'll go to the end of the story <laughs> to remember, because Jesus this is all leading up to this. Yeah. So look, not at, seen look on page 122. Because I think you're seeing this starting to take place. Because we ask ourselves, well, I don't see Jesus today. How do I believe? Now, what's, right. what, gosh, I can't wait till we actually see it. Met- this is a metaphor for <laughs> <laughs> what each one of us has to go through <laughs> right. to accept Christ in our life. Right. So if you take a look, notice what happens with Thomas. And this is like, yeah, this is super important. So page 122, eight days later, his disciples were inside again. And Thomas was with them. And by the way, the disciples were behind these doors that were locked. <laughs> And they're like, oh my gosh, I'm afraid what's going to happen. I should say that because I'd be behind the door. But Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Then he says to Thomas, okay, why we call him the doubting Thomas, because Thomas says, well, put your fingers here. I want to, okay, so he says, put your fingers here and see my hand. What do you say? See my hand. Visually, I want to see Jesus. I want to know this is really Jesus. And put out your hand and place it on my side. In my side. In my side. Thank you. Do yeah. not disbelieve, mm-hmm. but believe. Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God, which is a declaration right there mm. that Jesus is mm. God. Okay. Jesus then says to him, have you believed because you have seen me? For Thomas, the answer is Yes. For all these people here, the answer is, and John, the answer is yes, because they saw Jesus. But we don't see Jesus, do we? All right? So what does this say next? Jesus, knowing that, says, Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. 
all of us in this room are blessed. Even more than Thomas, even more than the disciples, because we believed, but we never saw. We only heard the word, okay, and so, we believed. So is it is it being is is that being disparaged? No, it's not. Not here. It's not. It's not being disparaged. No, right there, or when he says, "Unless you see, you won't believe." Right. It's not. It's not disparaged. No, right? it's not. No, because believing is believing. Right. And, right. Well, I. Yeah. I yeah. believe. I, yeah. When I read that. You be- <laughs> I, I, I believe, I, it's I about believe. time, Jason. <laughs> for for the record, time. you believe. But when, when I when I read this, you guys like write that down. I've been waiting for many years for this. When, when I read this, it, to me, it 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 struck me what he's him saying that you believe because you have seen me, okay? And who am I? Right? So, they spent all this time with Jesus right. when he was alive before he was dead. So it wasn't just... Watching him do the signs of wonders that it, are but, talked about. But I, I, it wasn't just him being there in the room with the holes in him. Right. Right? It was, put your hand in, in my side. Right. What Thomas saw was he, God. He saw the resurrected Christ. No, no, no. He saw God. Which is a resurrection. Yes, but not not in just the physical form. He put his hands in. He he went inside of him. Jesus had him in, enter into what he is in in glorified form. That's why he proclaimed that. I would bet you money that he real money that, that he dropped to his knees. He probably just fell to the floor and proclaimed that. And that's that to me. That makes that statement that much. Have you have you believed because you've seen me, yeah. right? Yeah. True. The question is, how did we get there? Well, you just said how we get there. Yes, we get there, and it's it's explicit across all of scripture. But by, by we get there by really hearing the word of God and by, by experiencing by it through the word. Yes. Faith is our response to say what I have heard. I believe in the person of Christ. I believe that he did die for my sins and that I can be in that relationship with the living God today. But That's, the only way to do that is to take yourself off the throne oh, first. Well, and mostly, and that's the hard part. Mostly, as people, we I think most of us who would attest to it, becoming Christians, that's how we got to become Christians. Exactly. I know he took me and he just went, taking you off your throne, right? Because I was a Buddhist... And I was doing tarot cards, and I was like totally in control of my world. Aha! Uh-huh. Tibetan no, I was not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was Tibetan Be Mama Yadavu. So yeah. So yeah, I just want to tell you guys right now that um, that all this stuff you have said to me tonight, I just want to tell you that I love it, and that it makes me feel that much more of a Christian. And I don't really feel like I need any miracles, and I. I love reading about miracles, but I feel the love in this room, and I feel like I can share that love with other people. Hoorah. I appreciate it. And you, you have been. You know, in a sense, this is a miracle. Yeah. Right That's now. the spirit. That's right now. Yeah, absolutely, dude. Right. It is. Absolutely. That's, That's what you prayed for. We're living That's in paradise up in this room together, <laughs> all men of faith. In the upper room. <laughs> <laughs> and helping each other get stronger in it, more right. importantly. 
Which is what I, I gotta say yeah. something. Uh-huh. If I could, so. You absolutely. <laughs> We have we have the hindsight of this. This is a historical representation of of the stuff that he's done. So when you go look back here at forty six, forty eight. Are you on uh, oh, you're on forty eight? Uh, I'm almost I mean, to me, that's him. Saying that I'm not a charlatan, don't take my word for it. Go back and see the things that I've done. Right. So we don't, you know, this is 1990 years, years ago. ago. Right. Or you got to think in the time back then. I mean, there's still a tarot card reader down here on the corner, and you think you know, 2,000 years we've progressed to, but there's, you know, there's a lot of kooky, you know, uh, People that just believe kooky things back then. So yeah. I'm, I'm getting a gullibility here. So mm-hmm. when when the official didn't, he just acted on it because he had the high, hindsight of having heard about what happened in Galilee and some of the other things. Very good. But those are absolutely one. Those are important for us to know that those happened. Mm-hmm. It's nice that you know what you said is is great, but we need, we ha- I need mm-hmm. to know this stuff happened. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, how how is he not a David Koresh? Just right. trust me. Yeah. You know. Right. Yeah. So these things obviously had to happen. They had to be visualized. They had to see it. Then you get the story of you know Nicodemus and some of these other people. But this has to be, and then Thomas. I'm Thomas. I'm telling you right now. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> oh, yeah. Good. Because I, I I played soccer with you at AYSO, and you sucked. And I saw you grow up, and this is why I see this this prophet here as he has to go somewhere else. Because people living with him goes, who's this guy? I've known him since he was three. Right. And he's trying to tell me he's the savior. I understand that. Right. So all of this stuff kind of needs to happen and legitimize the whole story of which... We have hindsight, but you got to think back in the day. These people didn't have anything. They had, they had, you know, the um, the New Testament. The, the, but they had the Old the, Testament, Old, Old Testament, the Old Covenant right. stuff. Right. But it, it's easy for us to think, you know. I don't know. Well, you know, I'm just telling you, I'm Thomas. Well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Hold, hold on, yeah. Thomas gets a bad rap. Yeah. I have a high opinion of Thomas. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I, I do too. You want proof? We all, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Jesus gave it to him. So, oh, and, and this is and, yeah. and and this is it Give right me here. Your hand. <laughs> so, I think it's important that that you did exactly to, what Thomas to understand did. that he wasn't a trout. And he's actually saying, "I know you're not gonna. I mean, you need to see whatever he says here. Um, um, unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe." I don't think that's a derogatory thing. I think it's like. Check me out. I'm, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a who. So we all need help yeah. in no, believing. All, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. In, right. in, in, other, in other places, John 10, uh, 38, when he's talking to the Pharisees and they're hassling him and, and they're not believing what he's saying, he says, mm-hmm. um, even though you do not believe me, believe the works. Right. right? Uh, so he, so he's, he's telling them to believe the works. Like, yeah. you see... You see the works that I've done, and they don't deny it. Mm-hmm. So it's like this is the authentication of this is the authentication of, of the message. Yeah, he's so, basically yeah, saying, like, that, he's, "Vet me." 
Right. You know? Exactly. Right. So it's really right. important that it's, that, that, that is, the, I mean, obviously I'm saying this, but, you know, we've gotten 2,000 years of no mir- miracles, but that we see maybe, but not like we had back then. So that's why it's a stretch. It's a, it's a big faith for us to believe that this is the word. And, you know, I'm getting into the Bible more and more, and, you know, studying it more. But um, my point is, is I'm Thomas. That's, yeah. that's all I wanted yeah. to say. So, <laughs> welcome, welcome to this group. And I guess... Uh, we wouldn't so, be here. Right. <laughs> One of the things is I keep emphasizing the word here, but I don't want to do is de-emphasize the spirit. Because it's the word and spirit together mm-hmm. that form the person of... I mean, uh, uh, become... Form God. We don't just read the word we wish. We give someone and say, read it, and they go, I believe. Right. All right. Uh, it doesn't happen that oh, way. Oh, it yeah. happens as, as part what Eric was saying is it's a part of God working in us, and it's through his spirit and the word together that are inseparable, where all of a sudden we go, all of a sudden it's like this text is coming alive to us, and we're actually experiencing the presence of God, and we're realizing, oh my gosh, that's me, I'm the sinner, I'm, I'm this person, I'm the Thomas, right. <laughs> okay? Right. And it's through that process of the spirit working through the word that we then end up putting our faith in Christ. Um, and we keep putting our faith in Christ. I think we keep being the gospel. I mean, we do all do. How many of us have prayed for God, give me a sign? <laughs> God, and, and he's you know? given us extra signs in 20 seconds. We could all jump in an SUV right now, go to LAX, and land in Tel Aviv. And we have archaeological, we have historical, yes, we, we have cultural evidence that you would have to work forever to disprove it's like your hand in his side this archaeological evidence that's submissible in a court of law it is just evidence and um you can go to the upper room today you can go to that room that was locked up it looks different but it's likely that that location the rock space and those the remnants are all there and so we're not really led by blind faith it's not like I'm having to pull down Veda or some weird yeah. religion. When I think you said yeah. it, you used the word historical. Well, I, what I'm this saying is, is, is that faith, this right. is hindsight right here. Yeah. We have that. Uh, we're, 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 you know. Yeah, but it's also, what you also have to recognize, though, is that I, I'm the first and last, I'm the beginning and the end, okay? The Bible has got stuff that hasn't happened yet sure. that it's speaking to. Mm-hmm. That what, if we're not aware, if we're not paying attention to our present day, we're going to be just like the Jews. That we're like, hey, yes. everything's here talking about the Messiah, and then he's going, and they're going, yeah, but that's not why we're, we're upset with you. We're, you you're, it's because you call yourself the Son of God. And he's going, dude, that's why I was able to do that stuff. Yeah. You get it? And like, that's kind of, yeah, it was all written, man. You should be waiting for me. You should, this should be obvious. Okay, so now... Look at where we are in the world. Look at the timing that the Bible sets up, right? So it's not just hindsight; it's future. So, so what I'm that, that is, and we're going to be able to live that in history now. It's super. Right. I'm just trying to think in terms of the people in his day. Yes. And some guy, you know, turned water into wine. Going, sure, there was probably some grape juice in it. For me. <laughs> you know, whatever. I'm, I'm doubting everything right. yeah. until I do that. Right. And then I see him. I mean, the resurrection is everything. That's yes, that's that everything. That's so right. everything else is you know you can't 
you know, he couldn't come in hot and, and do a resurrection without doing the other things first, right? He's yeah. got to kind of work these people into this. <laughs> I like and, I agree with that. And, you know. Well, in fact, what we just read in this passage in John 20 is the resurrected Jesus, right? So the resurrection has happened. So what Thomas is being asked to believe is not just simply, oh, this was the same Jesus who was here on this earth. I'm now having you believe that this Jesus who was here on earth died and has now risen, and he's in front of me. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, can I say something about yeah. this thing about believing? It's interesting you're saying, I thought about this. Um, I've been going through a lot with this with my faith and such, and I was thinking about this. I'm thinking some people have told me, God, it's so good, Kenny, that, you know, what you're doing now. And, um, and I asked this person why, and she said to me, she goes, as believers, we always want to see somebody really become a strong believer. It makes us feel good. Then I got real selfish with myself and started thinking, is that because they're not sure? And they, you know, I, yes, started almost, I almost started thinking exactly. to myself, is that because they're not they so sure? They, you know, maybe they like the bang theory better, and then all of a sudden now they're going like, you know, Ken's a scientist, or he's, you know, he's, he's, you know, he's, he's, act, he's all about academics, but now he's a believer. I'm going to jump on, you know, now it makes, does that, or, or are they doing that because they really love me? Mm-hmm. And and so I, I had to really question that, and I prayed a lot to God about that. What was really interesting is my cousin came tonight, and, and, and it really wasn't even hard to do. Um, this is my cousin Gilbert, and I've, I've, we've been, we've known each other since we were little boys, and in 1992, um, when I moved to Laguna Beach, he came to me and took me to my first church, uh, besides the Catholic, at the high school, there was a church there. And, and that's when we, I kind of started getting into believing. I wasn't strong at that time, but he introduced it to me. And I think that Gilbert did it out of love. And I don't think he did it because he said, well, if I can convert Ken Garcia, who's been through all this college and all this stuff, that it's going to make me feel better about the choices I made. I just think he did it because he loves loves you. And I feel like when I tell people, I'm not wanting to selfishly get them on board with me and say, hey, forget rid of about the bang theory or or forget about cavemen or Darwin. I'm not doing that at all. I'm just doing it because I love them. And and I I know where you're going with this a little bit. Uh, I even had to seek out Josh Josh McDowell, the evidence case of book, yeah, yeah, that book just drove me crazy. Yeah. Evidence that demands a verdict. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, that book just really almost took me over the edge, man. I couldn't take it, like how they made the Bible and everything. But, I mean, it's very interesting because I, I wanted to know, you know. And I still don't know as much as you guys. I mean, you guys are like, are you oh, hey, don't be fooled. We're all, you know, you guys are like textbooks. You guys are like textbooks. And every day I have that challenge that I still do that. That quote in the Bible, I think it's in Mark, or you guys will know, but where I'm saying, you know, give me the strength to have more faith in you. I'm constantly, that's constantly my struggle. And I, so I, I just want to tell you that, you know, I know there's people out there that want you to be a believer for those reasons, but I know my cousin right next to me, when I said, you got to check out this Bible group, you know, it's a, I think you'll dig it. And he didn't even like, he, he just says, what time? Mm-hmm. And I just pray, and I, I, I know he did, he does it out of love. Yeah. I, I would encourage you to read Thomas Aquinas. 
and C.S. Yeah. Lewis. <laughs> C.S. Lewis is probably the best, you know, he's he's regarded as the unlikely convert. I've heard that. Yeah. Near Christian. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll yeah. throw another one, G.K. Chesterton. Yeah, you can you keep reading weird. about all these great <laughs> people of faith that, yeah, oh, man. just awesome. All right. Well, I think that's good for tonight, you guys. Good discussion. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Thank you. Um, very excited. Glad you're here tonight. Glad you're here tonight. You. <laughs> Appreciate you guys coming. Um, all right. Why don't we, uh, since um, Steve was talking about the Lord's Prayer, why don't we all close saying the Lord's Prayer together? Absolutely. All right. Our Father, Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. And all God's men said, Amen. Amen.